0: Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody, you might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, For episode 114, the day is Tuesday, September 17th, year of our Lord, 2023. I hope you all have been enjoying the podcast. For all those who are new subscribers, welcome. We've been covering the the Israel and Palestine conflict over the last couple of days, the last few episodes. I want to say today, I hope you all got the chance to, or the opportunity to check out my interview with. Vivek Ramaswamy, presidential candidate. Vivek Ramaswamy, um, that interview should be out by the time this podcast comes out. It's about four o'clock in the morning, and I just couldn't sleep today, um, so I decided to come in and record while this this stuff was was fresh on my mind. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a Substack right now about the prospect of world war, the the conflict there between Israel and Palestine, and, and what it means for our future. So. If you're new to the podcast, again, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate all of our returning subscribers and listeners and viewers all around the world. We want to send a special thank you to the War Room Posse for streaming the podcast there on War Room's Getter page and War Room's Rumble page. We want to thank the great Alex Jones for allowing us to have a platform there on band.video. You can follow us at freepeopleradio.com to to find all the places you can watch and listen to the podcast, uh, including... Those I just men- mentioned, and others as well. The audio platforms such as Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. And hopefully, you're here with us on YouTube. If you're here with us on YouTube, if you're in the live chat, please stop what you're doing, hit the like button, go and leave a an actual comment. Continue to chat in the live chat. We appreciate that. We love that. We love people chatting the live chat. And usually, you'll see me pop in there around nine fifteen, nine twenty, and and you know. Uh, do a little troll whipping if I need to but we appreciate everybody in the live chat we're going to start to do some shows that incorporate live callers live chat so that you guys can be interacting in the show that may be my Sunday night ad free show like I did uh, this past weekend we apologize for not being on the air Uh, yesterday we had to get some things organized uh, leading up for this uh, this huge senate campaign launch and 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 this really big Vivek Ramaswamy interview and and other things that we have planned. So we're taking our time and, and trying to make sure that we give you the best product possible and prepare for all of the, you know, the, 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 the worst case scenarios where big tech wants to censor us. So without further ado, we're getting right back into the madness there in Israel and Palestine. And I just want to say to begin this here, make sure my phone is not buzzing. I just want to say to begin this, you know, the establishment wants us to have a, a sort of two-outcome framework. You know, they want us to think in a sort of two-outcome framework, this way or that way. When what, what our most elite have become so good at, in my opinion, is benefiting
1: um,
0: either way. Benefiting no matter what way things shake out, uh, finding a way to absorb the momentum of, of a number of potential outcomes and being flexible and adaptable enough to, to absorb the momentum of whatever outcome they need to uh, or whatever outcome may, may, may uh, you know, may happen for them to execute their agendas. I mean, there's only one plan for them. It's plan A. And plan A is that they continue to have power. They protect the status quo. They continue to, to move forward with all the plans that they have for themselves, number one, but, but by way of you as well. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's kind of their M.O., right? The M.O. is to use whatever is useful, and it's a wise strategy. And and it's uh, one that is made a lot easier by the sheer size, uh, secrecy, and 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 sh- you know might of 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 government worldwide. So I just want to start off with that, and it's you know people, everybody's going to throw down on a side now. Everybody, you know, we're all we're all into our corners. We're all on our side of of the aisle of the conversation of the the line of war. We're all. On our side of the of of the tent, uh, whatever whatever you want to say, we're all picking sides now. One quarter of the people are you know for Israel. Another quarter of the people are for Palestine. Half of the people don't give a shit. They're focused on Kim Kardashian's butt, which continues to get bigger. And um, you know everybody is is ready for the conflict. We're all we're all ready for war, and that's that's a scary proposition. You know the the fact that people are so willing to to have conflict at at this level is alarming, concerning to say the least, or at least it should concern all of us. So where are we at? You know where are we at right now in this latest set of most unfortunate events? Well, Israel has responded to the the attacks from Hamas a week back um, with airstrikes. Um, Iran has said that they will respond uh, to Israel if Israel invades and follows through with their, with their threat for ground invasion. And, and the latest reports even suggest that Iran may be planning to attack Israel ahead of any, any ground invasion by Israel. Um, so the 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 iran situation is is right on the the brink of of being a a a real real situation a real regional war and um, secretary of state anthony blinken has been to seven or eight different arab countries trying to make sure that this doesn't turn into an all out regional war there with the other countries you know uh, the Saudis and the Emiratis and the Jordanians and the the Lebanese and, and the Syrians. I mean everybody's right there this is this is murder's row. And I don't say that to you know be be castigating uh, on the Arab world or the Arab people specifically, but um, there is a, a certain level of contention that always has existed and, and has existed in modern times and recent times between those neighboring nations. Uh, so, you know, and we're going to talk more about that in a moment. Um, Iran is planning to attack Israel. And the whole the whole conversation here is is exactly what I've been saying for, you know, since this most recent conflict broke out. But really, for the past two years, this is the hotbed. This is going to be uh, the, you know, the the. The match that lights the fuse right here. In, in the Middle East. And it's gonna, it, it's not just, it's not just the conflict itself, it's not just the war, it's not just the violence, it's the narrative. The narrative is gonna be what what leads to a, a number of things that, that spiral out of control. Um, I mean, we gotta ask ourselves, what's going on here, really? I mean, what's really taking place? it's rightful don't let them don't let them scare you don't let them convince you that you don't have a right to ask or ponder at least a question what what's really going on here what's taking place i mean pbs pbs which is you know mainstream media to to say the least but but they're about as milk toast as it as it gets uh, and and even they are are lining up the narrative where you know as israel has started to 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 move into gaza uh with with the airstrikes and and so on and so forth that they are finding weapon weapons cash weapon caches uh that lead straight back to iran uh as far you know even so far as to have um people on the ground there uh, people that are raiding these weapon caches and saying look these these uh, rockets here came from iran right so the The Iran narrative, the escalation, the 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 stage is set for the escalation with Iran. That that's that's right on the, that's right on the that's right on the precipice. We're right there. What is the play for Israel for America? I mean, you know, we really have to ask ourselves now because it's going to be with your consent, with or without your consent, really, but. But it should be with your consent and and your consciousness about this situation, your awareness of the situation will come to bear. It, it can come to bear fruit or it can come to bear death. Depends on how how close you're paying attention. I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted. I'm I'm watching some of the news here and I'm I'm reading some of the headlines pop up. But um what is the play here for for Israel, for America? I mean, if you bomb Gaza, um you kill countless women and children but 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 countless innocent people um, by all metrics nobody would even dispute that at this point And, and and effectively what you do is you inspire another generation of the same issue that you're already facing and if war breaks out with iran and you fight iran and then you bomb iran which is about all you could really do and let's say you go all out and and you bomb Iran to the point where people flee Iran. Where where people flee Iran. Um all you're doing is casting potentially millions of of highly trained, highly motivated, uh paramilitary uh Iranians into the diaspora. And again, you inspire the same issue you face now. So what's the play? Um you know, it, it it's it's not an easy situation to be in. It's not an easy situation to walk through, but we have to have an adult conversation about uh, what we do next. And now they'll try and tell you, you know, if you don't have credentials, if you don't have a background in political science or foreign affairs or, or, or uh, military history or, or so on and so forth, then you shouldn't speak on the issue. Leave it for the experts. Leave it for the same experts who brought us into a number of wars with no resolutions, with no end goal being met, with no level of security uh, more uh, thereafter those conflicts for the American people, but but really more importantly, people all around the world. So we have to have a grown-up conversation about what we do next. And see, I don't really buy this whole story. And, I'm, I, you know, I, I know the conservatives don't, don't want to hear this. I get it. But we, we don't have an echo chamber over on this side of the aisle. At least we should um, aspire not to have an echo chamber over on this side of the aisle. We can be unified in certain things, but certain things call for us to dissent from the mainstream opinion, even on our, on our side of the, or our corner of the political landscape. And here's one where I think people are getting it, getting it gravely wrong. I don't buy that all these Muslims are radical. It's my opinion that the mainstream media has used Muslim boogeymen as a way to keep conservatives from having a rightful fight, a fight that they would normally want to have about the overall size of government and the need to shrink government um and and to to prop up uh military uh, to to tout military and that, that's effectively what's happened is that the, the 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 necessary fight about shrinking the government gets bastardized when we have a conflict with radical islam and now all of your conservatives that want to have that fight to shrink the government um, find a, a a reason an imminent reason to tout the military, which only bolsters the government. I mean, it's a very simple equation, guys. It's a very, very simple equation. Now, some people would say that's the necessary function of the federal government, and I would agree with that. Yes, the federal government should protect a nation's border and a nation's interest, but like the great Steve Bannon said on War Room the other day, the the, the problem here is that our military is everywhere. So everywhere our military is becomes the, natural, the, the national interest and it's all over the world. It's, it's like trying to, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like trying to defend an empire. I mean, it really has become empire. And it's part of the gripe, it's part of the, it's part of the propaganda that's now being waged against the West by people like China and Russia. I just saw there in the Wall Street Journal, uh, I believe it was the Wall Street Journal, you know, this this isn't the National Post. This this isn't the Epoch Times. This this isn't the, the the Gateway Pundit. This is the Wall Street Journal saying that China and Russia are using um this conflict to their benefit on the world stage in terms of the narrative. So I'm not buying it from, from Fox News, Hannity and Ben Shapiro and Mark Levin and all these other conservatives who who uh who want to tell me that Muslims are the are the greatest danger in the world. I'm just I'm just not buying it. And and the reason I'm not buying it is because I have I have basic common sense. I mean, I don't care who you dress up and put on TV. I don't care who you throw in front of the nightly news on primetime uh bring to the podium to the to the news desk, under the spotlight. Doesn't matter to me. I have common sense. And I think the average American citizen needs to start to feel more confident in their own common sense. Let's let's work through the common sense here. If the Muslims were as radical as they claim, if the Muslims were purely um, satanic-driven fundamentalist ideologues,
1: on a wide basis,
0: the world war would already be on. There's a billion Muslims. The, number, the, the, the most Muslim country isn't even in the Middle East or in, 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 you know, isn't even an Arab country, it's an Asian country. Indonesia has the biggest Muslim population in the world. Okay, Islam is all over the world, a billion Muslims, estimated a billion Muslims. If they were all radical, we'd have a big problem. And it, it wouldn't be like a, oh, we feel like it's on the brink of being a problem. It'd just be a problem, okay? Uh, let, me, let me tell you, I was here in Minneapolis when the George Floyd uprisings broke out. Uh, I, I was watching the news all across the world when the, George, when the George Floyd uprisings broke out. I remember watching January 6th. Let me remind you, when they revolt in Egypt, it ain't no Portland. It ain't, it ain't no Minneapolis. And it ain't no Washington, D.C., no January 6th. When they revolt, when they rise up in, in Portland, I mean, in, in Egypt, when they rise up in the Arab world, they rise up. OK, there, there is no ifs, ands or buts about it. Somebody's getting taken out. Some some form of leadership is having some some turnover. And I think the American, you know, the American and the Western mind has been blinded uh, by 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 BLM kind of serving as their image of, of uprising. Right. Egypt, Egypt uprising ain't no Portland or Minneapolis. I'll just tell you that. And yeah, Egypt, you know, Egypt and all these, those countries have the, the potential to, to go hot at any moment. And, and all of those Arab leaders, which is important to mention, all those A- Arab leaders have to deal with their own domestic politics. And I think they get clumped in together in this sort of, you know, Muslim, uh, identification in geopolitics when when we've seen the muslim and arab world stab each other in the back sell each other out in their own interregional domestic in their own interregional politics but also within their domestic politics so there there is no there is no real sense of unity in the arab world amongst the political elites now when it comes to the muslims in those respective countries on the ground, and the sense of unity they feel with the narrative as it pertains to Palestine is a different deal entirely. It's a much, much different deal. But it, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. My point is, I'm not buying this Muslim boogeyman story. I'm just not buying it. I, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and for all of us here in America, you know, l- let's, let's be reasonable here. I don't need a B2 stealth bomber to protect me from radical Islam. All I need is a a nine millimeter with with hollow points. Show me a Muslim, I said it on my Twitter, I'll say it again here. Show me a Muslim who can survive several uh, hollow point shots. Show me one. Show me a Christian, show me a Jew, show me an, an anybody. Show me somebody who can survive seven hollow points to the to central mass, to center mass. Show me one. Show me one who can survive a hollow point to the head. Just show me. I mean, your founding fathers have already given you the political framework, the ideological framework, the, the tools, the, the intellectual and philosophical tools to deal with these sorts of situations as a citizen. The right to bear arms, never been more important. Don't let them scare you and tell you the military is gonna keep you safe at night. That's a common trope from the, from the military industrial complex. All of you couldn't handle the truth. You have no clue what we do to protect your safety and freedom, I call bullshit. And the reason I call bullshit has, has come to the surface in light of this situation. This situation has, has confirmed my intuitions about the, the bullshit story the military industrial complex has been selling American citizens for quite some time. And the bullshit story is this, if the Palestinians, if, if Hamas, if Hamas and, and, and these radical Muslims, uh, if this was really a matter of a holy war, of an ideological war, of a, of a war that, that is all about a bloodthirst, a, a, sort of, a sort of clan or faction or tribal uh, you know, identity war, then we wouldn't be talking about trying to open negotiation channels to get our hostages back and 29 Americans were killed, and they say another 199 or 200 Americans are, are, are being held captive or hostage right now by Hamas, if they were really radical Muslims, there would be no negotiation. There'd be nothing we could offer them. But that's not really the case, is it? See? And that's the, that's the great lie that's been told here, and that's the lie and the propaganda that's going to be, paraded all through mainstream media, whether left or right, the left is going to play their game a little bit to to, to save face. But when it comes to the uniparty, this is going to be the the driving narrative that this is a holy war. These are ideologues. These are people who believe in martyrdom and are willing to die for their beliefs. And they're certainly willing to die for their beliefs. I mean, when you cross another nation's border with an automatic weapon, paramilitary style, you're certainly willing to die for your beliefs. But the question is, why do we believe, why do we believe that they would negotiate for hostages? Martyrs for, for radical Islam, they, they don't negotiate. You can't offer them anything. They just want blood. They just want blood. They just want to kill the people they want. Isn't that, what, isn't that the narrative? that they just want to kill Jews, they just want to kill Americans, they have a, 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 a hatred and animus towards us, and, and they won't be happy until they, they've gotten the blood uh, that, they, that they want, that they require? So how are we talking about opening up communication channels? How are we talking about negotiating for hostages? Something doesn't add up here. I'm just asking basic questions. And if, if we can't ask basic questions, if, if it's if it's frowned upon for us to ask basic, basic questions, it starts to 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 illustrate the real nature of what's going on here. Something don't smell right. And, and again, I, look, I'm not saying there's not radical Muslims around the world. What I'm saying is. Kiwi Bono, who benefits, who benefits from the narrative about radical Muslims? benefits, military benefits, clear, clear, not, not hard to see, not hard to add up military benefits. Let's buy another trillion dollars worth of B-2-1 Raiders. You know, the the next iteration of the B-2 bomber. Let's put a trillion dollars on the books just to buy a a, a fleet of 200 B-2 Raiders, B-2-1 Raiders. Who knows what else they're going to buy? That's going to be a trillion off the top just to be, here's a trillion, we're already $33 trillion in debt. And then they're going to try and fence it or tell you that it's a good thing for the American economy because the, the manufacturers, the military industrial complex contract manufacturers who we would be buying the machines from, at least they're American, right? So we're back to war for profit, war for jobs, war for economic stability. War for wages. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? This ain't, this ain't a defense of Muslims. This is about what are we going to choose to do? Where are we going to go next? What do we want out of the situation? What can we achieve in the situation? If there's a fight to be had, if there's a fight to be, to be fought, is it winnable? How is it winnable? These are serious questions that
1: we have to ask now.
0: We're going to open up negotiation channels with, with, with Hamas because Hamas has been negotiating with fellow Arab nations all throughout the region when it comes to a number of conflicts that break out in this region all the time. They've been talking all the time. And I, I, I literally, I watched MSNBC, I watched PBS, I watched a number of people comment on the hostage situation and be asked flat out what can be done about the hostages and every single time, every single time, the response was we're going to lean on the intelligence community to open up channels of communication. Hopefully through the Egyptians, maybe through the, through the Saudis. Well, the Saudi thing is cut off right now, but, but hopefully through the Egyptians. And the Egyptians got this deal they're running. They want, they want certain concessions in order to open the border to, 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 to the Palestinians. It's a shit show in there. It's a shit show in there. All I'm saying is, let's think about who benefits. And I don't want this to be an extension of, 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 of Sunday night's episode, but it's going right now. It's going right now. I, I, kinda, I, I think people want to believe that everything's going to go back to normal, that we've turned this corner before. And we may, in fact, turn this corner. We may avert world war this may not escalate into a world war and i and i'll explain how that scenario is just as dangerous as just as if not more dangerous than world war itself but before we get there let's just think a moment if you're interested in depopulation if you're interested in killing a mass number of people what's a quick way to get there world war if you're interested in um if you're interested in a police state a global police state or, or the premise, the, the pretext for, for global governance, right? Security state, surveillance state. What's the fastest way to get there? World war. If you're interested in,
1: if you're interested in, um,
0: let's say for lack of a better term, um, restructuring the debt. <laughs> if you're interested in restructuring the monetary system, if you're interested in restructuring the debt, consolidating debt, shifting debt, restructuring debt, resettling debt, redoing re, 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 the deal, if you're interested in that type of monetary uh, advancement, what's the fastest way to get there? Well, we've seen it before, World War. Three common interests, three common interests, and a and a fail pre, a fail proof way to get there. World War. So we see that there's a lot of benefit to World War, despite what they try and sell you on the nightly news about how sad and 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 uh, somber and 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 tragic and 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 you know frightening this the current situation is. We see through all of the darkness that that can be sold or that can be propagandize, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for some people. There's a light at the end of the tunnel for some people. Let's, let's play the war game. Let, let's, let's play it out here. I said before, we bomb Gaza, we lose the, we lose the PR. What's a PR nightmare? You know, what we, the, the airstrikes in Gaza it's going to be a PR nightmare. And I'm not saying that that war and people dying is about PR. If you kill innocent women and children, if you kill innocent civilians in the pursuit of security or or peace, you create moral hazard. You inspire another generation to have the same animus, the same hatred, the same. You think a 13-year-old boy who was born and raised in Palestine and and, and 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 it's probably been indoctrinated with whatever whatever hatred that they have for Israel just like young people in Israel probably indoctrinated with an opinion about the people in Palestine but the point is now you know despite whatever whatever back and forth you think may exist the question is now do you think a 12-year-old boy who's being displaced from his home who's seeing uh, you know his his friends and loved ones be killed in these 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 airstrikes do you think that he's going to give a shit about the geopolitical explanation of the history of Israel and Palestine or, 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 or what Hamas did or, or, or any of that? No, he's not. No, he's going to be inspired to hate and want to war and hurt Israel and by proxy hurt the West for a generation to come. And he's probably going to teach his children to have that same hatred. It's not a defense of Palestine. Hey, I'm anti-war. And I said the other day, and and I've told many people in our movement, I think the silver lining of this entire conflict, as tragic as it may be, is that we will emerge as the genuine anti-war movement, and you will get a clear look at how psychotic, how violent, how willing to do death and debt, the post-World War II Democratic-Liberal Order status quo purveyors really are. You're going to get a clear look at it now. You're getting a clear look at it now. And I don't care if they said they supported Donald Trump. I don't care if they said they supported Joe Biden. I don't care if they had some fight about cultural wedge issues on the Senate floor, on the, on the House floor, and from the governor's office. I don't care about any of that bullshit. This is where the rubber meets the road. Wartime. Nothing brings the people together like a good war. Nothing fosters unity and galvanizes unity like a good war. The question is: Is it the right kind of unity? Is it a good unity? And people say, "Well, if you were Israel, what would you do?" Well, the first thing I would ask, the first thing that I would get under control is I would resecure the border. Okay, the Iron Dome seemed to be working. Somewhat reasonably, I don't know why the border was left defenses anyway, especially if there was, uh, uh, you know, credible intelligence prior to this attack, which people are claiming there was. I mean, I can't be clear about, you know, or, or, or you know, be, be certain about that, but um, I'm not sure why. <laughs> I'm not sure why the why the wall is ever undefended in Israel. I'm just going to be honest. With where Israel is and what the narrative and propaganda is about that entire region and the conflict that is always on the brink of, 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 of blowing in that, in that area, I don't know why Israel's walls would ever be undefended. I don't know why Israel's citizens would ever not be carrying their firearms. I mean, again, people here in the West, something doesn't smell right. I mean, it just doesn't pass the sniff test. And this isn't an anti-Israel deal. I said it before. Israel's legitimacy as a nation came from winning a war. They won a war. They fought for the territory. It's theirs. People have the right to contest that land. And when it comes time for people to contest land, there really is no conversation about it. People just do it. It's going to be the same way there in Taiwan. It'll be that way in South Korea. It'll be that way in the Kashmir. It was that way here in America. When people go to contest Formally drawn borders and land to the death. There's not, there isn't a philosophical, or intellectual, geopolitical kind of you know uh, circle about it. That's not, that's not how it works. People draw down. So, most of the time, somebody shoots and attacks first. The others respond, and whoever's left standing gets the territory. Israel was the benefactor. They were the, they were the winner in a battle like that already. So Israel's legitimate. If any of you Muslim nations want to contest it, proceed. Proceed. But don't sit here and think you're going to get welfare from the West or from the American people in your, in your conquest, in, in, you know, in, in, your, in your mission. It ain't, uh-uh, uh-uh, ain't happening. It ain't happening. But the same goes for Israel, or at least it should. At least it should. You got to fight your war. And, and my question right now is, my, my question on face value is, why would the wall ever be unprotected there in Israel? I just don't get it. If I'm Bibi Netanyahu and I understand the, the threat there on, on, on all sides of, of the state of Israel, uh, the wall is going to be manned 24-7, 365 days a year. I don't care if it's Yom Kippur. I don't care. It don't matter. It does not matter what the circumstance is. That wall is going to be manned. The wall's got to be manned. So the first thing I would do if I was Israel is I would get my, I would get my border security in order, which it seems like they have in pretty short order. I mean, it didn't take a lot of time for them to get that that border in, in in order, that border security somewhat restored. And I don't know how many Hamas fighters are still in Israel, in in southern Israel. I don't know. I haven't seen, I haven't heard much about, about the fights or about, you know, fights still brewing there in, in southern Israel. And maybe that's a strategic, for strategic regions. Maybe uh, Israel or the West isn't covering Hamas still Doing damage there in southern Israel for some strategic military reason. I'm not sure. But we're certainly not hearing that. And with as much media uh coverage as the initial attacks had, certainly if they were still going door to door and if there was still uh killing happening in Israel at the hands of Hamas, we would probably be be hearing about it. Cause it would feel the 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 direction of things, let's say, right? Um I mean, when people start to tally up body counts on both sides, you, you kind of know that the media is going to give you as many bodies as they can find. And if they can't find any more bodies there in Israel from Hamas in recent days, I, I kind of get the sense that Israel's got their own, their own situation under control. Now the question is Gaza. Everybody's eyes are on Gaza.
1: Everybody's mind is on Gaza.
0: I mean, just tell me, tell, tell, tell me, tell me, how you plan, how 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 do we plan to 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 deal with this with with the narrative here? Somebody tell me, or does it not matter? I mean, see, and and what 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 Americans are failing to realize, what many people in the West are failing to realize, but but particularly. um, your, your Fox News watchers, your, your MSNBC watchers, your your politics with French fries, your, your politics with the New York Times headline, your Mark Levin watchers, right? Your Lester Holt watchers, you know, all, what all these people sort of fail to realize is we are in an asymmetric war. We're not in an asymmetric war with Hamas necessarily. We're not in an asymmetric war with Iran, necessarily. We're not in an asymmetric war with Syria, necessarily. We're in an asymmetric war with a much more dangerous opponent, China. And China's sitting back right now, licking their chops. Oh, they're licking their chops. It's not me saying it. It's not me saying it, It's the business insider. It's business insider saying that China is the benefactor of this war, that China and Russia are the benefactors of, of this conflict. And then I go online and see Joe Biden say with a straight face that we're the American military, we're the, we're the United States of America, we're the most powerful military in the history of the world. Not only in the world, but the history of the world. We, of course we can fight both wars at the same time. Of course we can fight in the Ukraine and in Israel at the same time. Of course. Mr. Leave $90 billion worth of equipment in Afghanistan? Of course. Mr. Don't know what fucking time of day it is? Of course. Are you people kidding me? We have a commit. First off, America, we better be slow to go to war because we have a commander in chief that can't remember what time of day it is. He can't remember what time of day it is. Don't you think that can be a little bit problematic in a wartime situation? A caution a, a, a warning we should heed the next time we go to pick a president is he mentally fit for office it can it, at any moment it can become important. Now let me speak about these hostages for a moment. Uh, I want to say this with all with all seriousness. My heart goes out to these hostages and their families my heart goes out to to the 29 uh, American civilians that were killed there in Israel. And I hope that there's some, some miracle that, that would allow us to open some line of communication with these radical Islamic terrorists to, to recover uh, our, our citizens.
1: That would be ideal.
0: But Going forward, um, it would seem that all of these Atlanticists, all of these globalists, all of these, all of these uh, metropolitan, omnisexual, world traveling, tech loving, uh, sort of, sort of, there is no such thing as citizenship. Would have you all believe that it's very safe to travel on about the world, right? Go to Israel, you know. Go to go to Russia. I mean, you you can go to Ukraine, go to China. China's a beautiful country. They have a magnificent transportation system. Go see the bullet train, right? I mean, the level of dishonesty, the level of secrecy, just with the, the amount of danger that your average American citizen is in when they travel about the world knowing knowing the tension that, that currently exists in the geopolitical situation should be enough for you to question the establishment at, at, a, at, a, at a significant level alone. I, I hope that doesn't go any, over anybody's head. Why is your government not telling you it's not safe to travel to Israel? It's not safe to travel to China. I mean, yeah, the, everybody knows it's not safe to travel to the Ukraine now, but I mean, even Britney Griner, you remember that situation? Why the WNBA? Why Why were the Joe Bidens of the world or whoever else not telling American citizens, hey, if Russia, Russia, Russia is so dangerous, you guys shouldn't go to Russia. Stop going to Russia. Stop going to Israel. Stop going to Taiwan. I mean, they want you to believe that's the freedom of movement. Scary proposition. They want you to be free to put yourself in the harm's way for their political fuck-ups, they're geopolitical fuck-ups, but they want to restrict your movement here in your own country. I mean, think about that. I mean, let's just use our common sense now. Something has gone gravely wrong with the American citizens' basic awareness of the politics going on around them. They want to restrict your movement in your own country, the nation of which you are a, a, a citizen, but they want to free your movement about the world. All around the world in places where they can't necessarily defend you or protect you. Obviously. Obviously. I and mean, I, I, I mean, think about it now. If there are 29 people killed in the attacks, 29 Americans, and they have 200 hostages and they've already begun the airstrikes, what level of intelligence would they need to ensure that the, the, the buildings that they're bombing there in Gaza? don't already hold American citizens. I mean, they're, they're kind of pissing on you and telling you it's champagne at the same time, aren't they? We're back at that again, that part of the deal. They're telling you that they're going to start a military invasion because 29 Americans were killed and there are more hostages there and, and uh, Israel's security needs to be restored. Yet Israel's security is threatened, quite literally threatened, by the the prospect of of invading Palestine, not only not only is going into Gaza going to uh incite Iran's involvement per their own per their own uh, uh statements, but they got to go down into tunnels in Palestine. I mean, I don't know if people have ever even been to Palestine or know anything about Palestine. There's an entire underground network of, of cities. You know, how hard it is gonna, you know how hard it's going to be to fight a ground war in Gaza? Two million Palestinians? And I'm not saying they got to fight all two million. I mean, that's a caricature in and of itself. But I'm just saying, what are we actually going to do here? I'll tell you what it looks like. I see a young boy, a young 12-year-old boy, you know, there in, in, in Gaza, a young Palestinian boy, and, you know, you can see the smoke and the, the, the chaos behind him, and he's walking through the street and he's screaming, where are the Arabs? Where are the Muslims?
1: That, that's, that's what you call uh, a beacon of war is, is what he's doing.
0: See the difference is they're in Palestine. They know the truth about the Arab and Muslim world. They know that the West has has overhyped, oversold the connection of Islam and the Arab affiliation, uh, for their own military for their own military agenda. So he's putting it on front street, and we don't know what's going on here. We don't know if Hamas, I mean. Yes, Iran probably helped Hamas do this attack. But Iran obviously didn't want, didn't want uh, their hands on it. They didn't want their name on it. They didn't want their fingerprints on it. Of course not. I mean, if they wanted their fingerprints on an attack like that, why would they waste time? They'd just go ahead and bomb Israel straight out. Don't need to go through a Don't, don't need a go-between. If we, we want to just come right out and go to war with Israel, Iran don't need to use Hamas to do it. They could just bomb, they could just, you know, pop it off. So why would Hamas put Iran on front street like that? Why would Hamas blow the whistle on the Iranians like that and put them out there in the spotlight? I'll tell you why. Because the Palestinians theory my theory of the case, one theory. This whole thing that's popping off right now is the bookend of of a chapter, a chapter where foreign policy and global policy, military policy, uh, economic policy was predicated on the post-World War II democratic liberal order. And the post-World War II order heavily relied on the narrative around Israel and the conflict there in the Middle East and the Arab world between the Israelis and Muslims or the Israelis and Arabs, or even more specifically, Israel and Palestine. A huge piece of the global political narrative rested upon that, that
1: area. that narrative's going bye-bye. That narrative is obsolete. Muslim world's selling out. Muslim
0: world's selling out, baby. At least the leadership is. And the leadership of all these Arab countries right now have to, have to go home, have to, have to consult with their generals, have to look at their polls, have to, have to ask their, their political uh, experts. How much selling out can they do before they face uprising there in the, in the Arab world from their, from their men and women, from, from, the, from the, the deplorables of their own country? Because make no mistake about it, these Arab and Muslim elites don't have any more love for the, the, the everyday average common Muslim citizen than Hillary Clinton has for you. Don't get that fucked up, okay? These people, these leaders, are just as prone to being corrupt and selling out. That's why Riyadh is the crown jewel of Davos. That's why the Emiratis are the crown jewel of Davos. That's why Dubai and, 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 and Bahrain and all these other places are the apple of, the, of, 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 of Europe's eye right now. And the Palestinians, Hamas, mostly Sunni, the Palestinians
1: are saying, you think you're about to leave us for dead? If you think you're going to leave us for dead, we'll all go down right now.
0: Pull the cover off. I ran to all of you. Because, see, Palestine, b- b- because Gaza and Palestine is kind of boxed in. I mean, they are boxed in. There's, there's, no, there's no debating or arguing that. They're, they're boxed in. But because they're boxed in, it makes them a particular character in this, whole, in this whole deal. They're not fortunate enough to have some some iron triangle alliance with China and Russia. They're not fortunate enough to have, have some, some natural resource or some... Uh, some, some type of former-held geopolitical position that's interesting for the Europeans. They live with a cultural memory that this place right here has been left to the wolves before, whether it was left to Israel, whether it was left to Palestine, when it was the Arabs, when it was the Turks, when whoever it was. This area has always been, at, at different times, left to the, to the fray. But they've built up all these political alliances and narratives, and 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 this sort of this sort of uh, 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 you know, cover story that the Saudis and 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 the Yemenis and and the Jordanians or the Syrians or or whoever else there in the Arab world is going to come to Palestine's defense. And they might, they might feel compelled to come to Palestine's defense. But it probably isn't on the basis of them being Muslim or sharing faith or them having their back on a moral basis. It's because they feel the threat of their own domestic politics and constituencies of Arab and Muslims who do feel some connection to that narrative. And that is the narrative being waged. Don't get it twisted. That's why you saw those protests in Europe. It's the common folk, it's the common citizens who feel some connection to this greater collective, not the elites, not the elites all around the world. So you see a sort of balancing act, a sort of, a sort of ping pong here between the elites from the, all around the world who have to fight their own internal elite politics, their own internal jump ball, but they have to always be conscious of the will of the people, vox populi, the voice of the people. And so the question becomes now, again, I ask, why would the Palestinians put the Iranians on front street? Why would Hamas put the Iranians on front street? They're they're drawing the Iranians into the war. It's kind of a gangster move when you think about it. They're basically telling the Iranians, we're not going to be your bitch anymore. You're not going to use us in the shadow. Come on out.
1: And let me tell you what happens now.
0: The new world order is going is to come together and say, fuck the Palestinians. They're done. I mean, we don't need, what do they have to offer us? What do they have to offer? In this new geopolitical jump ball, in the fourth industrial revolution, the great reset, the race for automation and artificial intelligence, and all these other, all these other next Next world, next chapter of of human evolution and mankind, what do the Palestinians have to offer all these other power brokers? Nothing. So let them be bombed, let them be cast into the diaspora. Let them become refugees. And what does it inspire?
1: What does it inspire? Now, the Iranians, they have
0: something to offer. Liquid gold. They got it to offer the Chinese. They got it to deal with the Russians. The Russians got their own oil. They don't really need Iranians' oil. But, okay. Let's go a layer deeper.
1: Let's go a layer deeper here.
0: Party of Davos, Europe. Europe. America. America, their right arm, China their left arm, and the and the thing is so big at that global level they can pretend that China and America are really enemies, but but our own domestic policies, our own domestic politics and politicians it, it, right now today show us that 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 that, that fight isn't really what they want to make it out to be. That that conflict, that tension isn't exactly what they want to make it out to be. Because if there is a war, if there's an economic trade war, if there's an asymmetric war, if there is a biological war taking place between us and China, much of of the harm inflicted on us is surely self-inflicted. Maybe, just maybe, Hamas got jumpy. Through Iran under the bus now, perfect circumstance for China to send Iran out there. What happens? What happens when I mean just think about this now? (laughs) What happens when America bombs Iran to hell and all the leadership there in Iran is and and all the and, and all the 90 million people that live there in Iran are are either killed or cast out into the diaspora? What happens to Iran? It comes under the rule of China. That's what the fuck happens, guys. That's exactly what happens. If Iran goes bye-bye, no more religious fundamentalism. Works well for the Chinese. They don't like religion anyway. Fine. They just want to deal with the Iranians for their resources, natural resources, and to poke their thumb in the West's eye anytime they get the chance works well for them. Let the Iranians run on out there in a suicide mission and let the West bomb them to shit. They can't come and occupy Iran because they're getting a little too close to China and we all know it. They all know it. That's going to become Russia and China's piece of the pie.
1: Tell me I'm wrong. Feel free to add a different theory.
0: Double cross Triple cross, quadruple cross. Now, those are all just theories, but what do we know? What do we know for sure? What can we, what can we say with certainty? What we can say with certainty is that the, the dream of depopulation, the dream of a global police state, the dream of a restructuring of debt and monetary policy or the monetary system itself is all achieved through world war we can say that with certainty we can say with certainty that this conflict is about to go regional and we can also say with certainty and i think this is the most uncertain the most uncertain thing that we that we can speak on is that the narrative the narrative against the west is gonna come out on the side of the Chinese and the Russians if we continue down the path we're on. And the narrative is gonna matter. The narrative is gonna matter there for the people in Israel. Everybody laughs when I say bring the Jews to America. Everybody laughs when I, you know, and then then you got, and then you got, you have politicians who have the audacity, who have the audacity to talk about America's national interest being, being protected by Israel being stronger. I mean, what kind of, what kind of neocon oil resource war, uh, oil war, uh, uh, foreign policy is that what? what, what are we, what are we talking about? Are we, st- are we still fencing this as, as Israel being strong in the region is, uh, is, is anything less than a, a, a way for us to, not mind our own fucking business and be the springboard, be the springboard for any number of corrupt ventures there in the middle East that most often had to do with energy. And now they're going to tell you that we're going off of oil driven energy, but we still need to keep a a, a foothold in the place where all the liquid gold is. Give me a break. Ask the right questions. Don't be afraid to ask the right questions.
1: And again, I ask for all of these cuck who watch Fox News.
0: Let's say I'm completely wrong. I love to take the, I love to take the other angle. I, I love to take the opposing angle. I love to, love to look at it from the other side of things. Let's say I'm completely wrong. And there is some grand, there is some grand, uh, um, evil, wicked, malicious alliance between the Muslim Brotherhood and the Arab, the Arab countries and the Arab world. Let's say they are all in um, coordination. Let's say they are all uh, on the brink of rising up. If that happens, how
1: can we possibly protect Israel? Somebody tell me.
0: Somebody help me here if they are as dangerous as, as Americans' media claims, if they are as radical as America's media claims, if they are as coordinated as, America, as America's media claims, how can we possibly hope to defend Israel? Are we talking about going in and occupying the entire Middle East? I mean, because they make it sound like the uprising of the Muslims is going to be a, a complete coordinated Arab effort. Are we talking about going in and occupying the entire Middle East? We couldn't even occupy Afghanistan with any, with any efficiency. And Joe Biden can tell you whatever he wants about the American military, and they can fly the stealth bomber overhead, and they can, you know, they can do a, it. It ain't as easy as people make it seem. If it was as easy as people make it se- made it seem, trust me, a lot of those countries wouldn't even exist. A lot of places wouldn't even exist. A lot, of, a lot of fights wouldn't have been fought. Because when people have the chance to dominate other people, history shows us they do it. Ain't as easy.
1: Ain't as easy as people think. It ain't going to be as easy to defeat Iran as people think.
0: What are we going to do? We're going to cruise missile the entire country of Iran, 90 million people. Works for China. Works for Russia. Not only do they get a huge pot of gold, they get to, they get to, they get to sell the narrative. <laughs> we don't want war. We're, we're in the defensive position here. These crazy Western cowboys are the aggressors. Silver lining is the MAGA movement is the only anti-American movement in American politics. It's the only anti-war movement in American politics. But I apologize. The MAGA movement is the only anti-war movement in American politics. Silver lining.
1: Silver lining in the whole deal. Somebody please tell me what we're going to do. And if that wasn't bad enough, if all of that wasn't bad enough,
0: I'm reading here that we're going to fly B-51s over uh, South Korea. Commemorate the the 70th anniversary, I think it is. Maybe it was the 50th anniversary. I forget. I think it's the 70th anniversary of, of that whole conflict. And North Korea is pissed about that. I told you guys. I said it the other day, this article just came out. This article just came out today that we're planning on flying bombers through North Korean airspace into South Korea as a show of force. North Korea, South Korea, China, Taiwan, Pakistan, North India, the Kashmir, Israel, Palestine,
1: Ukraine, Russia—five-front war on the
0: Eurasian landmass. World War, and, and you know, and people have the audacity to sit there and tell you that it's this isn't this doesn't have the chance to to spill over into World War. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. And and that's what I what, what I was saying in the beginning. The most scary part of this is that the, the new world order actually took or, or incentivized, you know, let's just say, let's just say, who, do, how do we know who China's working on behalf of China's playing all sides against the middle? They're on their own side. They're willing to use the globalist agenda and fourth industrial revolution and automation and AI, as long as it services the Chinese people and the China centric future. They're willing to they're willing to deal with Davos. They're willing to deal with Europe. A lot of the European Finocchios have already sold out to China. That's why I'm saying let the Europeans fight their own wars, because their allegiances are shaky at best. Their allegiances are shaky at best. We don't know what China's playing at. We don't know whose side China's on. But let's just say for a moment that China is a lot of the 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 backing or the 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 motivation. The juice behind the, the the puppet behind the curtain pulling the strings on Iran to pull the strings on Hamas. China pulls the strings on Iran. They fund Hamas. Hamas throws Iran under the bus because they feel like, hey, you all want to play this game and leave us out here in, 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 you know, leave us out here in the in the cold. We're not going for it. We're going right now. Blowing the whistle on everybody triggers Iran to have to go.
1: Who benefits? Who benefits? China, baby. China benefits. Let Iran go. Let them do it.
0: Let them go jump off the plank. See, the Iranians actually think that they can trust the Chinese in some stretch of the imagination. They can't trust the Chinese. Chinese are playing them.
1: Look at what Iran's doing right now.
0: I mean, look at what, look at what's happening right now. The other the other key uh, you know, the other key factor here is Iran is really the only uh, fundamentalist religious state there in the Middle East that has any real juice left. Everybody else is cutting deals. They've been cutting deals. Syria, I mean, they got a little juice, little juice. Barely got control of their own country, to be, to be quite honest, in my opinion. In my p- political opinion, uh, uh, Assad, they barely have control of that. They're completely backed by Russia. If it wasn't for Russia, they barely have control of their own borders. Don't forget the Kurds have a three-country territory smack dab in the middle of that whole area, the Kurds. Okay, a, a, bunch of, a bunch of mountain, mountain goatsmen with, with AK-47s, committed, I, you know, ideologues. The Kurds have their own territory on three different countries in that area. So you can't tell me that Syria and all these other countries got a lot of juice. I'm not buying it. I mean, they have former national, they have formal national militaries, and the Kurds are still holding down uh, uh, You know, territory on three nation on three nation states with no with no real military. Something don't smell right. Okay, so Iran's got the juice. Iran's the only religious fundamental fundamental religious state in the region that has any juice. The rest of the Muslim countries ain't coming to
1: Iran's defense. That's a fantasy. That is a fantasy. The Iranians and the Saudis were already in a proxy war there in the Middle East.
0: The Saudis with the Americans. Now, the Saudis with the Chinese. And Russia in this whole brick movement. The Saudis are another ones you got to watch, right? I mean, they're playing every side against the middle. I said it on Sunday. If, you, did, if you, don't, you didn't watch Sunday's episode, please go back and reference it. I went over the history where the Turks and the Persians and the, and the Saudis, they all view themselves, and the Egyptians too for that matter, they all view themselves as their own race. They don't give a shit. The leadership there, the elite, you know, uh, uh, you know monarchies there, they don't give a shit about Islam. Or, or uh, you know, uh, Arab, an Arab identity. They only care about an Arab coalition so far as it supports their own survival in 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 the position of leadership in a very hostile, very tumultuous, unstable domestic political situation in their own respective country.
1: Huey Bono, who benefits? Who
0: benefits here? And, you know, all of that is theory, but but now we have to just ask basic questions about our own morality. Our own morality in going into this, this war, into this conflict. Basic questions like, what do we do about the hostages? What do Americans do going forward in a, in a, in a climate where world war or, or um, military conflict can break out at any moment? And I hate to say it, but I'm warning all American citizens right now. We here at Free People Radio always talk about the freedom of movement, but the freedom of movement comes with consequences. It comes at a price. It comes with some risk. And I guess you could say that that risk is beautiful. But you also have to be able to determine for yourself what risk is worth it and which isn't. I have no desire to go to Israel. I have no desire to go see the pyramids of Giza. I have no desire to go to, 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 to Turkey or, or Vienna, for that matter, or Paris. I have no desire to go to China and see the Great Wall and, and, and hike the, the, you know, the, the staircase that, that's so dangerous, uh, many people fall and die on it every single year. I have no desire to go to Japan or Tokyo, you know? All this world traveler shit is just another, another bullshit story, another baked-in narrative to be able to pull America into wars. Oh, these 12 people, these 13 people, these 10 people got caught in some terrorist attack over here in this country, or they're being held hostage by some, by some fundamentalist ideologue, uh, uh you know, terrorist over in this country. And now they're, they're, they're asking for ransom or how much do you people need to see in order to not
1: go anymore?
0: This gets back to the this kind of gets back to the whole saying that don't die a jerk off. And look, I'm not I'm not trying to berate or besmirch or 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 denigrate or or condemn or uh, say anything bad or offensive about about American hostages. But I'm just saying we need to have a grown up conversation now about about traveling the world. We need to have a very grown-up conversation now about traveling around the world as American citizens. We're at war. Stop lying to the American people. We are at war, and the reality is we've been at war. We've been at war. That's not a justification for unlimited funding of the military-industrial complex. That's a, a basic warning to the American people. Be careful where the fuck you're going. Stop living with this false sense of security that they give you on the nightly news of MSNBC or Fox. It may be your own tax money. It may be your own tax money that delivers the final death blow when you're when you're locked up in some shit, some shit smelling apartment or some shit smelling hideout there in in fucking Palestine being held by Hamas terrorists. It may be your own tax dollar that finally does the job. When we send it to, to bring a B-2 bomber to put a missile straight down the fucking asshole of that little hideout, or ipso facto, we give the money to Israel, and Israel sends a ground team in, and they, they come in and spray the place with no intelligence about who's in there, and one of our American hostages is in there, and hey, shit happens. You know, Hamas is using American citizens as human shields, right? This is this is what your government has has in store for you. This is the reality. This this ain't no this ain't no game. This ain't propaganda. This ain't fear mongering. Currently, we had twenty nine American citizens killed in this attack, and there are two hundred some estimated hostages right now being held by Hamas. How are they going to get those hostages? How do they know they haven't begun to kill him already? This is the fog of war that Steve Bannon has warned you all about. This is the law of uncertain outcomes that Steve Bannon has warned you all about. Once you cross that line, once you cross over into the fog of war, all hell breaks loose. It becomes very hard to uphold your moral and ethical standards once you cross into the fog of war. Very difficult. And I'm not
1: saying there's any easy answers. I'm not saying there's any easy answers.
0: If it was me, there would have been a two-state solution already. Now, I know there's huge controversy about two-state, one-state, blah, blah, blah. I look at the 1948 map and I say, why would we mix that? us mixing the Arabs and the Jews in the first place was, was this buy-in and concession to this strange, uh, uh, immature, childlike kumbaya that globalization and, and the, mix, the multiculturalism was going to be a, a, a net positive and a surefire way to avert conflict. Well, now we can effectively call bullshit. Can't we? That didn't work out. So if I was going to go back and do it all over again, two-state solution probably would have made sense. Too late now. Okay, what do we do now? Well, if I was Israel, I'd be going and kicking some doors too, for sure. Oh, we'd be kicking some doors. In fact, I'm okay with Israel saying we are going to hunt Hamas down to the ends of the earth. Just tell me, or at least if you're not going to tell me or tell the, the people of the world who condemn these attacks, who would like to see justice done? If you're not going to tell us, at least in your own heart and mind, have a, a, some plan as to how you're going to effectively identify and precisely combat Hamas and not take out a million Palestinians in America's name and in the name of our tax money. We, we don't want to, we, we, we here in America, we don't want to have that, uh, most of us, we don't want that blood on our, on our name. Don't do it in our name. If you're going to start doing shit like that, you do it in your own name. And you can take these other Uniparty cuck traders who are willing to sell us out to the CCP on any other given day. And all of a sudden we're supposed to feel some type of, some type of unity. We're supposed to feel some type of emotional connection to these uniparty fucking sellouts because they have a, 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 a you know, they have a soft spot for Israel. I'm not buying it. You people have left Israel and the Jews in the the line of fire for 60, 70 years. You've left the Jews in Israel in the line of fire for your own political expediency, for your own political interests, for your own military industrial warmongering. You have put the Jews in the crosshairs, not us, not the common citizens, not the deplorables. We didn't make the decisions. We didn't choose where the tax money went. We didn't decide on the foreign policy. I mean, I guess you can say we did because we consented every time we saw a jerk-off get up on the podium and sell us some story about foreign policy. And we went with it. So I guess you can say, you know, we consented to it. But they weren't our ideas. These are not the ideas. These geopolitical crises these geopolitical situations these geopolitical ideologies are not the thinking the they are not the 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 um they are not the will of the people
1: Anthony blinken is not the
0: voice of the people so why do I give a fuck what Anthony blinken has to say just because it's Israel now or why the fuck do I get why do I care what What an Ilhan Omar has to say because it's Palestine. I don't give a fuck what these two jamokes have to say. No matter what day of the week it is, no matter what crisis we face, there is no amount of crisis that can convince me that these two people are going to wake up tomorrow morning and suddenly have our best interest in mind. They don't believe in citizenship, so how can they possibly have the best interest of the American citizen in mind? It's not possible. In order to have the interest of the American people and American citizenship in mind, you would first have to believe in citizenship, and you would first have to believe in America. And there is no sign, there is no evidence, there is no, there is no piece of legislation we can point to that leads us to believe that this uniparty, this Washington, D.C. elite and all these international dignitaries and and speakers on behalf of democracy worldwide believe in citizenship or America. In fact, it would seem that these most recent crises conveniently put America in a very, very bad position. And it's not me saying it, people. It's the Wall Street fucking Journal. It's the Wall Street fucking Journal a place that don't, don't, that, that don't cover far-right-wing extremists, darling of the alt-right, as they called me in the Washington Post. Okay. They don't cover people's opinions like ours. It's a unicorn when one of our opinions falls into the Norman Clayshire of the Wall Street Journal. Well, right now happens to be one of those unicorn-type moments. Yeah, I hear the hatchet man am saying, that this war puts America in a very vulnerable situation and it just so happens to line up with the Wall Street Journal. On any other day, I'd be quite ashamed. But today, I have to face facts. Remember, Ben, facts don't care about your feelings. The fact of the matter is, a weakened America is a... Is a, a
1: weakened America...
0: means a weakened Israel. A weakened America means a, 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 a lack of stability in the entire region. But we played the game, you know, some games have a shelf life, Ben. Some games have a shelf life, Mark Levin. I know you guys, I know you all wanted to go back to the way it was when the neocons were the big man on the, on the playground, were the big man on the yard. And, and they could stomp around and puff out their chest and do whatever the fuck they want. But eventually people say, enough is enough. And you did it in the name of the American people. And now you're facing backlash from the American people because the American people realized that it didn't benefit them. And it's not their opinion that it didn't benefit them. It's, it's not conjecture that it didn't benefit them. And it's certainly not conspiracy theory that it didn't benefit them. The neocon, neoliberal world order, the post-World War II democratic liberal world order did not benefit the american citizen right now they can't put 500 dollars cash together in a crisis they're paying 7 to 800 dollars more for the same goods and services than they were paying this time last year the plan has not worked for them so don't expect them to drop everything they're two to three jobs they have to work just to be able to afford to, to pay the rent let alone health insurance and car insurance and then you won't even let them get their tabs or, or, or without car insurance, but they can't pay for health insurance. Imagine, go figure you, you got car insurance, but you don't have, you can't afford health insurance. Obamacare is raping you up the fucking ass on health insurance. I mean, your you guys' plan didn't work. And you can come to the podium, you can come to the, the nightly news, you can come to the, you know, your, your your programming and say, hey, you know, it didn't work because. It didn't work because Clinton did this and then Bush did this and then, and then Karl Rove did this and then this person did that and blah, blah, blah. You know? This sort of two-outcome framework to go back to the beginning. The establishment loves when we view things through a two-outcome framework. This way or that way but what our most elite have become very effective at is benefiting from either way. Finding a way to absorb the momentum of whatever potential outcome there is and being flexible enough, being able to adapt to whatever, whatever outcome happens. That's what our elite are great at. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast today, the sheer size of the government, the level of secrecy in the government, and the might of the government worldwide allows them to be able to play in this manner. And we don't see it. And I think a part of us, you know, deep down, a part of us, a part of us common folk, a part of us everyday citizens feels this sense of unimportance, feels this, this belittling, under the shadow of this grandiose and, 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 and overgrown federal government. We feel that sense of insignificance and it makes us prone to latch on to the bullshit stories they sell down the river. I mean, ask yourself that tonight. I mean, ask yourself, well, however you feel about the situation, if you haven't already pulled back and just started to watch and, and, and listen and see how things are unfolding, if you if you've jumped and latched on to a, a side in a in a in a conflict that is mutually assured destruction, which means whatever side you pick, you end up with blood on your hands and you effectively end up, uh, you know, in the line of fire. In one way or another. If you haven't already done that, look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, is it? Is it, is it, my, is it my, own, my own feeling of insignificance under the, the weight of the federal government and the, and the aspiration or dream and ambition of, of global governance from my political elites that makes me prone to jump and pick a side when, when clearly I should sit back, shut the fuck up, and watch and listen? See, I understood that about myself. I, I figured that out about myself when I was like 24. Twenty-five. I was like, "Ooh, man!" When when I when I hear things or see things, you know, th- there's a certain insignificance I feel that that makes me want to jump to a side, to pick a side, to feel like having ha- having taken that side, you know, restore some type of sovereignty to my my individual life, to my individual existence that that I now have some more control because at least I've, I've picked a side, I've picked an anchor. And I'm not telling you to be lukewarm either. I mean, this is the duality of the human condition that makes it very hard and difficult to find the sweet spot of, of being a good person, being a righteous person. I'm not saying be lukewarm, pick a side. Pick a side, but understand we're living in times that make it very easy for you to get tricked, for you to be manipulated, for you to be misled. I think the Muslims have been misled. You heard the great Dan Schultz talk about how Muhammad's teachings were, were, you know, hijacked. There's Dan Schultz. He's not Muslim. Founder of the precinct strategy. I mean, look, this, this entire narrative across the board is moving in one direction. And it's my opinion that the spirit and forces of evil are what are at work here. And those who want to deny that, that forces of evil exist or that forces and spirits of evil only exist on one side of the aisle, one side of the football, should be very weary of these people. Very, very weary of
1: these people. Let's stop the
0: lying. I mean, we can't continue to lie. Is the Arab world going to rise up now? Is the, are, are the Muslims going to rise up now? Why would they now? Why would they now? When they, they didn't rise up when we went into Afghanistan. They didn't rise up when we went and toppled Iraq. They didn't rise up when we, when we killed Muammar Gaddafi. They haven't risen up yet. So who benefits from scaring you into thinking they will? And I'm not saying they can't or that they won't. What I'm saying is, what does history show us? Facts don't care about your feelings. History shows us they find a way to cut a deal and sell out. They find a way to cut and run. They're not as dangerous. They're not as radical. They're not as committed as everybody would like to portray them. Who benefits from that portrayal? Who benefits from that caricature of the, of the Muslim world? Go ask the Muslims in Indonesia how they feel, how they feel about the deal. Go ask the Arabs and Muslims. How I mean, how do the Saudis even find a, How do the Saudis even get off doing a deal with China? And China's put two million Muslims in a concentration camp or the rest of the Muslim world, for that matter. The Qataris, the Emiratis, Bahrain, Abu Dhabi, Dubai. Where do these people get off doing deals with China in the first place? If it's about loyalty to the brotherhood and to the Islamic faith and to to Muslims, people of a like mind and faith practice or tradition, where do they get off doing deals with China in the first place? These people are sellouts. These people are sellouts. Yes, America's uh, Democrat platform, the, the, the liberal politicians on both sides of the aisle sell out their ideological position about justice and freedom, ethics and morals when it comes to doing deals with Chinese from here in America, knowing about the Uyghurs, knowing about the Tibetans, knowing about the House Christians there in China. Yeah, we sell out our ideas here in America, but they're in, in, in the Arab world and in the Muslim world, they're selling out their own brothers and sisters in, in, in this, with a shared faith. And now I'm supposed to believe that they're going to rise up for the Palestinians? Maybe. Maybe there's a little bit more to this conflict because of the history. Maybe there's a little bit more, you know, to this conflict. Because of the the area, because of the Holy Land, the the three religion contested Holy Land? Possibly, possibly there's a little bit more juice to this conflict. We'll see. I guess we're going to see now. Cooler heads are not prevailing. I guess we're going to see how it all goes down now. And in the end, if we avert world war, which is always a good thing, if we avert world war, watch for the concession that's made in its stead. Always watch. Always be weary. Always be mindful and caution of the concessions that are made to avert war. In two thousand and one, it was the Patriot Act. They told us the Patriot Act was gonna was gonna protect America's national interests here domestically, but all around the world with our allies. The Five Eyes, the surveillance program. It was gonna. It was gonna. It was gonna start to deal a death blow to to terrorism. how do we not have any intelligence on these Hamas guys? How do we not know where they are? How do we, you know, if they pick up a fucking phone within a a two-mile distance from Israel, how do we not have surveillance on these guys' phones? You know, the Patriot Act and this entire surveillance scam is starting to seem a, a lot like what Uh, the anti-Second Amendment crew is trying to do to American citizens. Oh, if we take the guns away, we're going to decrease death. No, you're not. You're going to place guns, and you're just going to put all the guns in the hands of the criminals. Same thing here with surveillance. If the criminals don't want to be surveilled, they're going to go out of their way to figure out how you're surveilling them and try and thwart that surveillance. The people who end up getting surveilled unwillingly is we the people. And it just so happens that all you motherfuckers got caught sleeping on the job. You know, let's not act like this this rush to to save Israel, this rush to support Israel, isn't, isn't a projection of your own failures, your own military failure, your own intelligence failures. Because it is. And it's to be noted by the American people. And it's especially to be noted by the MAGA, uh, by MAGA country. MAGA country should, should certainly take note of, of this situation. Because while you were using your fucking resources to surveil us, while you, you, while you were using the FBI and the CIA and I'm sure the NSA, and the Department of Homeland Security and whoever the fuck else you guys got in a a goddamn circle jerk out there in Washington, D.C. While you were watching us jerking off, getting your authoritarian tyrannical rocks off, you let our ally there in the Middle East get, get get a fist put up their ass. Respectfully. That's what we're dealing with here. All sleeping on the fucking job using all this military intelligence, using all this intelligence uh, surveillance and and, and all these resources and, and all these man hours, all this coordination with various agencies and departments of the administrative state, using all this time to surveil Donald Trump supporters, to go and surveil radical parents that have questions about their, their children's curriculum being over-sexualized.
1: People who question vaccines.
0: People who question the, the integrity of the elections. You're using all this time and resources, and what we start to see is that the over-militarization of our country has now been pointed directly at you. You, the people out there, we the people, the military cannon has been swung on us. Our worst fears are realized, our worst fears have come true. This is the evidence of it. How do you get caught sleeping at the wall in Israel? I mean, if the surveillance isn't tight in Israel, I don't know where it is tight. I'm starting to to wonder, it makes me kind of nervous. It makes me kind of I'm starting to think how much time and energy and resources and man hours has the American intelligence community actually put into surveilling Donald Trump supporters and the MAGA movement as extremists and terrorists? That we got caught with our pants down
1: in Israel. Is anybody else, is anybody else thinking that? Is anybody else having that aha moment? Is anybody else even making that connection? Is anybody willing to say it? Everybody there in D.C. right now is...
0: Israel, 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 fine. Fine, Don't send no... we're not sending you money. We're not sending money, we're not sending our military equipment, and we're not sending our troops. I mean, they will do it, and as they, but, but we shouldn't do it. They have, they have more than enough military equipment. They have more than enough support and aid. They've had it for 70 years to be able to fight their war. And if they can't do it by now, then they need to pull out of there. If Israel does not have enough weapons to defend its position right now, it's time for them to pull out of there. Because the Great Reset is going to cause a a, a restructuring, a redrawing of the entire world map. We all know it's coming. We just want to prolong and postpone it. But when you prolong and postpone things, you tend to create a, a higher risk, a higher chance of there being more fatalities when the shit hits the fan. Case in point.
1: Case in point.
0: So okay, support Israel. You're in our thoughts and prayers. So are the Palestinians. It's not our fight. It's really not our fight. As far as that goes, the Ukraine and Russia, it's not our fight. It's really not our fight. The only place where you can make an argument that it is our fight is in the South China Sea, in the Pacific. Why? Because we're a Pacific power. The entire linchpin of America's dominance militarily in the last century has been our presence there on the Eurasian landmass in Southeast Asia. Japan, South Korea, the Philippines, Taiwan. And our neighbor Australia right there down the road, nobody's mentioned in Australia they're, they're, and they know, oh, the, Australia, the, the Aussies, you don't got to ask them twice about, about how dangerous the CCP is. They feel the threat on their doorstep. And when people feel threatened, they go wacky sometimes. And that's why the Aussies had some of the worst lockdowns in the entire world. They, they, they fucking lost it. People are going to start to lose their shit now. Foreign leaders, people who you expect to have an expert, mature, well thought out, level headed, reasonable take on any given situation are going to start to lose their shit. You're already seeing it. Let's just level Gaza. Let's just, you know, let's just bomb Gaza. Send the Palestinians in the Rafas crossing. Make the Egyptians open the border. The Egyptians say we're not opening the border. Hey. Tough. Tough luck, Palestinians. Where are our 200 hostages? Hey, hey, here's an idea. FBI, uh, um, uh, CIA, NSA, Department of Homeland Security, DOD, DIA, whatever other three-letter agencies there are out there. You guys think you can take a break? You know, uh, uh, watching MAGA. You you think you could take a break with your with your superficial uh, anti MAGA propaganda and 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 war effort, domestic war effort. You think you could take a break from that and, and focus on finding our two hundred hostages? You think you can use your intelligence? Can you can you can you muster up enough fucking intelligence? with all the money that we've dumped into your fucking lap? You think you could use a, a, enough of your intelligence to find our 200 hostages? Can you go door-to-door, is Hamas that sophisticated? You can go door-to-door to find, uh, 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 you know, Donald Trump supporting white women with kids in school who, who can test their, 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 you know, their school board. You got enough in, you got you can go door to door on them. You can go door to door on 75 plus year old senior citizens who talk on Facebook about, you know, their political beliefs. You can go door to door on them. You think you could find our 200 hostages now or are you just going to drop bombs on them? Are you just going to drop bombs indiscriminately on, on on Gaza, knowing that our 200 hostages are in there somewhere? Am I asking the wrong questions? Somebody tell me. I mean, if this is anti-Semitism or if this is anti-Palestinian or or whatever you want to call it, fine. Fine. I'm done with all those narratives. You know, the next chapter of American leadership is done being held captive by all these bullshit stories. We're done being held, you know, at at the end of the barrel of a gun by a bunch of prejudgments by a bunch of other people's propaganda and foreign policy and and political nomenclature. We're done being tied at the hip with you idiots. We're done having our hands shackled and more importantly, our minds shackled by all of these pre-baked stories. Like I said on Sunday, I'll quote the great Donald Trump once again. We just want the killing to stop. We want the war to end. What's gonna get the war to end? How can we end the war? How can we end the war long-term? I'll tell you this, leveling Gaza, bombing Gaza and casting the Palestinians into the diaspora, it may solve the problem for temporarily. Getting into a war with Iran, it may solve the, the, the problem temporarily. It just kicks the can down the road and we become so accustomed to kicking the can down the road. No greater evidence than that, than the spending here, right? In the United States, when it comes to the military and industrial complex. So in, of course, of course, the foreign policy of America, of America, and by way of America's military would project the tendency, the habit to kick the can down the road, to postpone and prolong real solutions. And they'll tell you I'm the extremist. They'll tell you I'm the extremist. They all, they all have agreed to, to, to bomb uh, 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 a, little, a, little, a little tiny place. A little, little, tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny place. They're going to just bomb it indiscriminately. We got 200 hostages in there. Doesn't matter. And they're going to use the 200 hostages as the prerequisite to bomb it. I mean, go figure that. Well, hey, please call me crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe we get our 200 hostages out. Maybe for some strange reason, the Egyptians can open up a line of communication with Hamas, and Hamas aren't radical Islamic terrorists that only want blood, and they have some political ass that they're willing to negotiate with, and we can facilitate the trade. And, and hopefully, uh, Iran doesn't doesn't get froggy and decide to to, to you know, strike Israel. Hopefully Israel doesn't decide to preemptively strike Iran. Hopefully the US battle uh, d- destroyers and and aircraft carriers there in the Mediterranean don't don't get bad intelligence and decide to preemptively strike Iran or hopefully hey, hopefully this whole issue right here in this in this little this little area doesn't spill out into the neighboring superpowers that could at any moment go up in flames. We're already in a war with one We could potentially very quickly be in a war with another but my guess is nothing really goes down not yet anyway nothing really going down yet the threat is there the potential is there the moral hazard is there but nothing probably goes down because there's a deal being cut there's a deal being cut and there's going to be some sacrifices made and trust and believe Some of those sacrifices are going to be your rights. It's going to be your money, but it's also going to be your sons and daughters. Maybe not us Americans other than the 200 hostages. But I guarantee you somewhere around the world, some group of common people, some group of of, of everyday average people are going to be sacrificed to a machine. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy. We appreciate your viewership and your listenership today and in the future. The fight continues, and as always, Godspeed.